on the block on demand. This is on the block with Brent Axe. It is cool that we're we're in the state of New York and we may have some fans out there. We need to come out and be loud. I've played these guys, I want to say at least six times, but maybe more. And it seems like no matter whether you're playing on the East Coast or you're playing on the West Coast, you run out there and you're like, how did they get so many people? And you start realizing that some of your fans sold some of your their tickets to some of those guys. And uh, they seem to travel wherever they go. They're the, the nation's team, I guess you could call it. They're going to be loud. So whatever we have from the state of New York, we need to be proud and we need to be wearing our colors and we're going to have to make up for two or three because I'm sure they'll have their numbers up. Let it begin. Big Orange Week. Not Big Apple Week. Big Orange Week, right? Basketball Thursday. Hopefully basketball Friday against Oregon because that'd be a cool early top 15 matchup. And then, of course, Syracuse-Notre Dame, Yankees Stadium. That is Dino Babers today describing that Notre Dame fan base, a team that he has coached a lot against. And I'm going to make the case that Syracuse gets itself a little bit of a break here in playing Notre Dame at this point of the season, which may sound crazy, but just follow me on that logic. I want to go to the phones, though, at 437-7644. We brought it up before the break about the wave, and it's not really the wave. It's guy that starts the wave and, you know, why we need to lead the wave in 1986. But it just keeps coming up, and it also kind of sparked a conversation about, like, Syracuse doesn't really have something like the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets chant, or the Bill Shout song, or you go to stadiums across the country and these things that are just second nature to them, right? And some of it's just you, you sing, cheer, cheer for old Notre Dame, or Michigan's got their chant. I mean, but that's what really ingrains college football in your blood, right? Syracuse has certain things and certain traditions, but nothing like that. So our man Dave on the line is, is trying to change that, apparently. So, Dave, uh, as I understand it, uh, you you started the wave on, on Friday night. Do I need to uh, contact my local authorities to have you hauled away for this egregious crime? You do not, but my voice is now back. Excellent. Um, Good to know. Yes. So we sit in, in 121, and if you watch any of the games over the last probably three years, um, we have a banner that we put up for a long time called Crazy Q's Corner. Okay. And I took I took that down. It's a four-by-eight banner. I took that down because this year they moved the key bank sign over and the Pepsi sign, so I couldn't fit my four-by-eight. So we decided to go with May the Q's Be With You. Oh, very good. Okay. Very good. Yes. So, But it's only a two-by-four banner. So halfway through the season, we're undefeated. And, you know, I'm like, you can't really see this banner on TV. So we switched the banner with a white white background, dark letters, worked out better. So we're sitting here, last game of the season, senior night, and I got a three-year-old in the background screaming here. That's fine. Anyway, um, yeah, in the car, just picked it up. Anyway, um, so you got this group of people in 121, and we always get together, and we always chant. We do something. We try to do something to get it going. So we start to go to the left, and halfway through, you know, about – six or seven times halfway through the end zone to the left of 121 corner end zone the wave just died right right at the right at the you know center point of the field where you're where you're kicking the field goal dead center for some reason the people are not paying attention they're either on their cell phones or whatever so we decide to take that team if you if you watch this if you watch the tape you'll see that we decided to go right instead okay no politics, no left wave, no right wave, but we ended up going right. Well, after three times, 
one, two, three, boom, it starts to go right. Well, all of a sudden it's rocking. I don't know, six, seven, maybe eight times around. Full participation, even the people that weren't paying attention, you know, everybody's rocking. I, even though it's old, it's still, it's oldie but a goodie. And it's the only time this year I think that we got a killing. So that said, been talking to a couple friends, and you may actually have noticed. Have you ever seen the Syracuse Boba Fett? I have seen pictures of this, yes. You're talking to him. Oh, so, wow. Yes. My man. Yes. Yes, so I'm also you, Larry the Lemon, but you, that's an old one. Wow, you've got you've got a lot yes. of different characters here. Do you do children's parties too, Dave? Or wow, we got a lot a lot of things I, going I, on. I here. don't, I don't, but I'm a lifelong Syracuse <laughs> fan. So, long so story do, you, short, do you wear that the whole short, game? By the way, can I ask you? Do you wear that Boba Fett helmet the whole game? No, no, I only put okay. it on every now and then. Gotcha. And the Boba Fett helmet actually was broken out a couple of years ago. We've never lost with a Boba Fett helmet. I wore wow. it three times this year. Okay. And only when they get close to the end zone, just to get on TV to be like, hey, look, we actually have a fan base because only, we don't really Only when the cameras are around. I love it. I love it. Well, we we have to do something to get people excited to come here so we can get some four- and five-star talent. Hey, so, I hear I mean, you, man. People, yeah, Dave, I, mean, I got to tell you, you're making your case. I love the passion. I love everything happening here. You just... You do realize that when you did this, and I, I understand what the scoreboard said, but Syracuse was on offense. You do not do uh-huh. the wave when your team has the football, right? When, right. I, I don't. I don't disagree. But you have to. You have to get it going. You have to get it going. And people were not paying attention. Well, so that's and, and, and I don't disagree with you. Generation. But we got it going, and I understand they were a little upset. But anyway, whatever. You know what? We're up by like how many points? So anyway, uh, so you make your case. Short, here's you're, a thought for next year. You really make okay? a strong case, but I, I, you're, you're you're not well, selling me though. You, you made you made here, a good, you made a good case though. But you've got something in mind for next year, like you said. Next year, and I and I got to talk to the university about it because we have to get with the folks that come up on the screen that you can't hear because the sound system's horrible. We have to get with them and talk to them about this new chant thing, and I think we can definitely emulate what the Jets do. It can be our own because it can be CUSD, Q's, Q's, Q's. A lot easier to get going than let's go orange, which takes forever and is also antiquated, but works better for basketball. So if we can do Q's, 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 CUSD, Q's, 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 I really think that would really be easy to do, easy to get going. And, you know, we're, we're getting a couple signs designed right now for next year to really rock this home because. The players, the team, the university, the fans, the alumni, the veterans, everybody deserves that type of rock and dome every single game, even if it's Wagner, all the way through to Clemson. Because like last year, if you come into our house, you're going to lose. And that was quite literally the case the entire season. This year, fourth perfect season in Carrier Dome history. Dave, I appreciate the passion. I appreciate the bow with that helmet. I appreciate everything. Just stop doing the stinking wave. Off the on-the-block text line, this is a pretty good suggestion, too. One side chants whose house, the other side says our house. I like Dave's C-U-S-E, Q's, Q's, Q's chant. See, the wave, though, as communal as it is, it needs to die, right? And the, yeah, it gets everybody involved again, and but it's temporary. 
right? You need something that you can do all the time. That's why I like your second idea better. I like the whose house, our house chant. Even let's go orange, as antiquated as it is, right? That's something. Zach makes a good point on the text line, too. You can reach us at 2880644 on the tax line. Brent, love, uh, text line, pardon me. Love or hate the wave, the fact that there was enough people in the dome to do the wave is a win. Now, that is a very good point right there. And listen, in all honesty, my disdain of the wave is it's kind of become a running joke. It's kind of like a thing I have on this show, on Twitter. Uh, you know, what what time is the game on? What channel is the game on? Certain things, free throws matter, right? I just kind of play along with it. You don't do the wave when your team has the football, though. Like, that, I'm not, that's a deal breaker. Like, that's a no. I don't care what the score is. I don't care if you got to get the crowd back. You don't do the wave when your team has the ball. Can we all at least agree on that, right? Can we, can we find some middle ground here? Pete Davidson and Dan Crenshaw found some middle ground. We can find some middle ground on that. Not on offense, please. Thank you. Now, why is this game a break for Syracuse when you're playing the number three team in the country? That sounds kind of crazy to say, but I will explain why next. Don't go anywhere. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Oh, you know, it just Rick rolling through a Monday. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. It's presented by Fusillo Automotive. From the On the Block text line. At 2880644. Big factor for the Notre Dame game Saturday is the weather. Right now, it's sunny and 50. Let's hope it stays like that. Now, that's an interesting point because, look, Syracuse is running the football. The last two games, that running game has been going, and it wasn't the Eric Dungy led running game this week. It was the everybody else led running game, and Eric Dungy contributed to that. Moniel averaged 20 yards a carry. Again, it's Louisville. Take that into consideration here. Eight carries, 159 yards. He had two runs of 60-plus yards. Dante Strickland running the ball again. Jarvie and Howard, Dungy when he has to. On grass at Yankee Stadium, if weather is a factor, if it's not a factor, the fact that this team can run the football and run it confidently right now is huge. Now, I think this is a game you take some shots. This is a game you get creative, and we've got a lot of time to break down the matchup throughout the week. But here's why I think Syracuse kind of catches a break playing Notre Dame. And Dino kind of referred to it in his press conference today. And I don't think I have this clip here, but let me see. Let me just make sure I don't have it. Uh, I don't think it's this one. Let's play this clip anyway. This is Dino kind of scouting Notre Dame, and if it's not this clip, then I'll, I'll kind of add to it. They're solid. You know, I've been looking for a hole, looking for a weakness, looking for a chink. They are extremely solid. They, they're good with whichever quarterback plays. Their defense is doing really, really well. The, their new coordinator, Clark Lee, I believe, used to work here. And uh, I, met, I knew him when he was at UCLA, when he was one of our graduate assistants at UCLA before he became full-time. So... He's doing a fabulous job with uh, that defense that uh, Elko handed down to him, who's now at Texas A&M, which both of them started at uh, Wake Forest the first year we played them. So I have some knowledge of it, but these guys, the, the, they, I don't use that word. The players that they are playing with on defense are really, really good. They're really, really long, and they, they have a really, really good scheme. So it's, it's the main reason why uh, 
I'm sure that a lot of teams have had a lot of difficulty scoring points on those guys. And then the offense is so good that you're trying to match suit with them, and then before you know it, you know, you're behind, and then the floodgates open, and then you know, the game's over. So there's Dino on Notre Dame and the matchup itself. One thing, though, that I think Syracuse has an advantage in this game is, and Dino referenced it at his press conference today, it's not a conference game. You get a game late in the year, and it's not quite like what Alabama does when they play like, you know, Wofford the week before they play Auburn, but all the pressure is on Notre Dame in this football game. Syracuse is 8-2. and two. If they lose, they're 8-3. and three. And if they lose to Boston College, they're 8-4. and four. They have been playing with house money for the past couple of weeks now, and they're playing with house money the rest of the year. Now, Syracuse fans would love to see them go 10-2 and two and go to a Fiesta Bowl or a Peach Bowl situation. Don't get me wrong. Not, nobody's packing it in at this point. But this is a top-three team in the country. It is neutral ground. Yes, there'll be a ton of Notre Dame fans there. It is their game because it was Notre Dame that moved the game to Yankee Stadium, not Syracuse, right? I keep reminding you people about this, but what do you have to lose? You come in as a 10-point underdog for entertainment purposes only, of course, so you got that underdog thing riding for you. You're hungry, even after being the better team on the field the past few weeks, giving Clemson a punch in the nose, being a team that has been competitive in a lot of national games in recent years. Ian Book is back for Notre Dame in this game. He sat out as we kind of anticipated Notre Dame rolled Florida State. And, look, Notre Dame's good. But Syracuse, if anything, has proven that they can take on these teams in these national settings. Now, they continue to check things off the box that they had not done. This is a unique situation. It's not a road game. It's a neutral site game. But it's not a home game, right? So you don't really have anything to prove here because it's such a unique circumstance. You're playing a top three team at a neutral site late in the year. It has no bearing on your ACC standing. Certainly it has bearing on your bowl game status because if you beat Notre Dame, it changes everything. That's what's on the line there. But, you know, you're already number 12 in the country. You've already far exceeded expectations. You ride it as far as you can go. It would be a mammoth win. I'm not discounting any of that. But Notre Dame has to win this game to stay in the playoff picture. They didn't think they were going to get a tough Syracuse team. When they looked at that schedule and they started to roll and they're looking down the road and they're seeing Florida State's down, you think Syracuse won't be a challenge, and then they play USC next week who is nowhere near as good as USC usually is. It's a road game and it's never easy to go across the country and play that game, but I bet you Notre Dame, their fans and everybody involved, even just a few weeks ago, looked at that and said, we got this. But now Syracuse has become a top-12 team in a heck of a lot harder game in this situation than they thought. All the pressure's on them. Syracuse can come in, let it ride, play their game, play with confidence. They basically got a week off playing Louisville. No major injuries in that game. If anything, they might be getting a Melon Fonwu and a couple banged-up guys in the secondary back for this game. You let it ride, right? So you're, you're running the football well. Your plus, I didn't check the updated stats today. Going into the weekend, Syracuse was plus 12 in the turnover margin. They're still one of the top five teams in the country in that department. Your quarterback has had a balance the past few weeks. And even if Dungy struggles for some reason, you know you can put in DeVito, let him rip it. Your defense, particularly your pass rush, has been fantastic. 
Ryan Guthrie and those linebackers are improving. Like it's all coming together. Everything has been coming together for the football team as it is. And now you come into this game and you're like, well, they're the favorite. They've got to win this thing to stay in the playoff picture. If Syracuse wins, it's going to throw that playoff picture upside down, and the accolades will only continue to come for a program that's already getting them. The hype and the buildup into that game will be one thing. If they win this game on NBC, we're having a conversation most of us wouldn't in your wildest dreams think we'd be having going into that Boston College game next week, which, by the way, was announced as a noon kickoff on ESPN. And I said it earlier, and I will say it briefly again because I want to get a couple basketball thoughts in here before we go on the blind side here shortly. I think it's a blessing in disguise that Syracuse did not get the game day game this week. When Syracuse gets game day back, you want it to be here. You want it to be they are coming back to Syracuse, New York, and for the first time for football for game day. Yankee Stadium would have been a cool backdrop. There's going to be a lot of SU fans there. It would have been great for the university in the fan base, and people would have been excited about it. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, no, give it to UCF. Because when game day announces a Syracuse matchup, you want it to be with the Carrier Dome as a backdrop. You want it to be here on campus. You don't want it to be at Yankee State. It'd be nice for them. It'd be a nice picture. It'd be really unique. And But no, you want it here. Now, uh, basketball-wise, I wanted to get a couple things in there before we take a break and go on the blind side. Moorhead State gave Syracuse maybe a little bit more of a push than people anticipated. This game was a little closer than most. And, you know, you go through the things you've got to say. College basketball's tougher. Some of the opponents you put on there. You know, certainly in the non-conference slate, there's always two or three teams you don't see coming that make the tournament. Moorhead State might be one of those teams. Didn't hurt that Syracuse got a little bit of a challenge, a little bit of a punch in the nose before they play UConn and what I think will be Oregon, but we'll see if it's Oregon on Friday. They responded. Tyus Battle certainly responded after a down game. O'Shea Brissett is killing it right now. Jalen Carey's struggling at the point, but he just needs more time. There's not a lot you look at that you're overly concerned with just two games into the season. The one thing you can look at that I think will certainly get better, it's worth noting, is this. They're 6 of 33 from three-point range. Do I anticipate that Buddy Beheim's going to shoot the better as we go here, particularly when his minutes tend to dip once they're fully healthy at guard? Yes, I do. Do I anticipate that Elijah Hughes, who's one for nine so far from three-point range, is going to shoot the ball better as we go? Yes, I do. Do I anticipate that once Frank Howard comes back and he's running the offense? And see, what's happening is guys are really working for their open shots right now as opposed to kind of getting set up in a spot where they can just catch and shoot at this point. It just goes to show you how critical it is to have a point guard in that lineup. So for now, what Syracuse has to do, as Jim Beheim notes here, is attack the basket. And in the second half of that game, they really attacked the basket. It's pretty obvious if you're not shooting the ball from the outside, you got to get to the basket, and we did in the second half. And and even with that, we scored 84 points and we missed 10 layups. So you know we've we've got to be able to make some of those. But um, you know 
we're very good at getting to the basket. This team is very good. We've got three guys, four guys out there that can get to the basket, and we have to do that. And uh, if they compress their defenses, then we'll get some open looks, and I think we'll knock down those shots in those situations. The other guy that you want to see start hitting some shots, and he started to get in that rhythm a little bit, was Tyus Battle, and Jim Beheim noted that here that Tyus is working. I, I think he worked this week for a couple of days on his shooting a little more. I, I think, uh, you know, that showed up. He's, you know, he's uh, a very good shooter when he gets set and gets his shot in the right position. And, you know, I thought O'Shea was really aggressive tonight. He just, you know, he, he just can't miss those shots around the basket. As Beheim also noted in that press conference, and he was right to say, could have had 30 in that game. A little bit more on what's happening when players are missing those easy shots and who's responding and kind of what Jim said to open up his press conference. You know, we had opportunities. We we missed a lot of shots around the basket. You know, we can't do that. I thought there was contact, but you got to finish those plays through contact. And uh, I thought Tyus got going. That was a good thing. But I think, uh, you know, Pascal was a factor uh, defensively. He let a couple go easy, but then he came up and uh, made a couple big blocks down there. But it's a you know learning experience. I think the the one big thing that hurts you know Jalen is he hasn't been able to practice. And you know freshman, you're playing against an aggressive defensive player. You know you need to have those practices, and uh, he just wasn't prepared for that kind of a defensive effort. But uh, I think we learned a lot tonight. I think it's uh, a good learning experience for us, and uh, you know we'll move on. And UConn's next. Hurley's coaching there now. Always a great rivalry game in Madison Square Garden. And then what we hope will be Syracuse and Oregon on Friday night. A nice, juicy top 15 matchup here early in the season. Let's break on that note. We'll go on the blind side next. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. Thank you. Bye-bye.